I'd rather just listen to this music rather than just talk. Alright. Six o'clock on the West Coast, nine o'clock on the East Coast of America, two p.m. in London, seven thirty in Mumbai, India. 11 p.m. in Kyoto, Japan, and in Malaysia, it's a return to the Dark Ages. Yay! I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. That, uh, that really cool music was from Streambeats.com. Thank you to Harris Heller and the amazing musicians and folks at Streambeats. They provide all that uh, music, which is copyright free and uh, free to use. If you are a streamer, I highly encourage you to check out. He's got not just Christmas tracks. He put out a new Christmas album, but some instrumental, some vocal, like you just heard, and uh, all kinds of great tunes over there. Really good stuff, whether you're a gamer or just a BS artist like me and just come on a few times a week and chit chat. Uh, Streambeats.com. Check them out. Very cool. They don't pay us to say that. We just want to Tip the hat where it's due, and it's certainly due there. All right, it's a Saturday night. Oh, boy, Saturday. Yeah, yes. Uh, hang on, let me just close a couple of things here so I can get semi-organized. Oh, look, it's time. Miko update. Me, 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 Miko update. Miko is great, no change, heavy as hell, 11 plus kilos, <laughs> yes, and, uh, and she's doing well. She had a, uh, an interesting time with her favorite new toy this week. That's her on the couch. Uh, by the way, if you're listening on the podcast, sorry. I got pictures of Miko. If you want to see the little girl, the little princess, you can go to any of our video replays, rumble.com, uh, rumble.com, Facebook, uh, watch, and YouTube, of course, J. Sheldon Malaysia on YouTube, and also uh, twitch.tv. Just look for that, uh, that show logo right there. You'll know, because there's a few J. Sheldons out there, but this guy is the original. I'm older than all of them. Uh, yeah, so this is Miko. We, we got her a duck. It's a little squeaky duck, and it is absolutely her new favorite toy. She is in love with this thing. She's got, well, now 17 toys. Uh, we counted, and we added two since we counted. So it was 15, now it's 17. Uh, the last one of which is for Christmas, so she doesn't have that one yet. But this is her in all her glory with her very favorite new toy, which we only just discovered squeaks. And so now she spends her days trying to make it squeak. Um, we were going to go to a new dog-friendly park, but it rained wicked bad here this afternoon. The day was nice, but then in the afternoon, about four or five o'clock, it just clouded up quick here in the Subang area. And man, we got a wicked thunderstorm 
blew through the area. So, uh, yeah, so we did not get the chance to go, but, um, sadly, uh, tomorrow we are thinking about going back to Morib beach in, uh, Bunting, I believe it is. So we may, we may go there tomorrow with Miko, of course, at the beach. We'll have more pictures for you on Monday's stream, but, um, the only reason that we're hesitating is because we have to start at like six o'clock in the morning. Who the hell wants to get up on a Sunday morning at like six, six thirty? Not this guy. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, that is early. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's get into some of the crap we had to look at and infect our eyes with. Um, this look, I. I've lambasted these idiots at the Malay Mail before. Once in a great while that we do a story that isn't some panic porn or buffalo sandwich headline written just to scare the hell out of people. They're idiots over there. I swear, I don't know where you people get your, your writers from or what editor is deciding on these dumbass headlines. But seriously, grow a pair, huh? Knock it off with the pen. I know you get clicks, and that's what it's all about, your little clickbaity crap. But people are not stupid these days. This is the internet, okay? We're up to your game. We know what you're into. However, there are, sadly, a whole lot of people who do fall for the... Man, I keep almost saying bullshit. I have to stop myself. This is yet another idiot story about Captain Obvious uh, from these morons. I don't even know why I'm sharing it. Sadly, I had to put the link in the show notes because we're using the article. Plus, you know, I don't want to use something and not give credit where it's due. Uh, Kyrie, who is our health minister, says sexual intercourse is the main mode of HIV transmission in Malaysia. 76% of infections are among young adults. These are not good numbers, folks. These are very bad numbers. In fact, in the last two years with the outbreak of uh, the virus, a lot of other very important, very critical, very deadly viruses, including HIV, has kind of taken a back burner. I am really happy to see our health minister, uh, Kyrie, put the focus on something other than you know, Corona, we've all been slapped in the face with for two years nonstop. Everybody's really getting kind of virus fatigue. Um, but what, what freaked me about this article? I've got a link to the actual article, which is here in the uh, Malay Mail. This is the actual article. Uh, he's speaking at the Malaysian AIDS Foundation. And interesting article. Interesting take. Like I said, good for Kyrie for, uh, for you know, putting the focus on something other than Corona. But I encourage you to check out the link on the Malay Mail's Facebook page and read the comments. I put the headline on tonight's show because of exactly that. The headline was, Just How Far Up Your Butt Is Your Head Stuck? 
I'm not even going to put them on. uh, I'm not going to show them on the air because most of them are too freaking stupid to even qualify a moment of my time. It is unbelievable how uneducated, idiotic, backwoods, uneducated is the only word I can think of. What is wrong with you people? This kind of 1980s mentality thinking about this virus. It is unbelievable that we are sitting here in the end of 2021, practically 2022, and there are still a lot, not a few, a lot of these uninformed, uneducated idiots who make the kind of comments that I'm not even going to show you on this show because it's just not worth my time. Thankfully, there are some brilliant people who have countered and posted and tried to fix what is wrong with these morons posting their comments on this article. It is disgusting. I highly encourage you, if you want to see exactly why I said we're back in the dark ages, Check out not the Malay Mail article on their malaymail.com, but the reactions from these idiots on their Facebook posts of the article. It is beyond stupid. It is disgusting. It's sad is what it is that we have to be here in 2022 and we still have these kind of people with this kind of thinking. It's incredible. All right. Uh, yet another one. This, uh, sadly, this is kind of related because I think it applies here in Malaysia more than a lot of other places on earth, but it applies all over the place. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this up. It's a public post from a friend of mine, Albert, uh, but it's not about that. It's about this American model, Kendall Jenner. All right. Check this out. This is the picture. And the write-up says, uh, America, the one on the left here, this is American model Kendall Jenner in a swimsuit showing what for many is the perfect woman's body. Okay? This anorexic-looking... Anyway, a few days ago, this post went viral. On the right is Alyssa Carson. She is the 19-year-old astronaut who became the youngest person in history to pass all of NASA's aerospace tests and is now preparing to be the first human among the first humans to travel to Mars. And likely, you've never heard of her. And as this person writes, it's time to rethink what our ideals and aspirations as a society are. Our daughters need role models to admire and not look at. Get better role models. This anorexic whatever on the left is hardly something anybody should look up to or idolize. This amazing woman on the right is exactly what we ought to be bringing up our daughters 
to look up to. Now, I'm not big on idolizing anybody, but if you want to look up to somebody, if you want someone to inspire your dreams, Alyssa's the one. Now, somebody in the comments when I posted this made the fact checker thing from those idiots at USA Today. A lot of these fact checking sites, they're not fact checkers, they're opinion checkers, they're ridiculous. Most of them are, they're not checking facts, they're checking people's opinions, which is not something that needs to be checked. It's an opinion, you idiots. But anyway, uh, point is, she has not been selected to go to Mars. But the way this is written, it's true. She has passed all of NASA's aerospace tests. She does have her eye on becoming among the first travelers to Mars. Absolutely true. And absolutely nothing we say or do should be designed to belittle the amazing accomplishments of this woman, Elisa Carlson. She has done incredible. She's had this dream since she was a kid. And more power to her. I hope she winds up being among the very first humans to travel to Mars because she deserves it. And she deserves to be looked up to and admired. She has done amazing things. So... Get your priorities straight. Stop idolizing that skinny whatever she is there on the left and start looking more to people on the right. Huh. Now that came out lying nicely, didn't it? If you want to see that picture, by the way, if you're listening on the podcast, just go to my video replay, uh, rumble.com or twitch.tv, YouTube, and also, of course, uh, Facebook, Facebook Live. All right. We had a bit of a uh, weird thing happen here in Malaysia. <laughs> yeah, please. I got a show full of weird things that happened in Malaysia here. Mm. Coffee break time. Okay. This hit the, hit the world of buzz. A thanks to the folks at World of Buzz. The link's in the show notes. It's very cool. And again, on the podcast, you got to check out the video because the video is really freaky. Now, look, I am, I work for a company. I work with a company that does visual effects for films. We can create things that you likely will never see in the movies uh, because if you see them, we're not doing our job. Uh, we, we create visual effects that, uh, whether it's removals, like if they fly somebody or whatever, we have to remove the wires that are shown in the shot. We add stuff in. Uh, we've worked on uh, major Hollywood productions. We've worked on a ton of local productions here in Malaysia and around the world. But um, I looked at this. Now, it's crappy security camera footage. It would be really easy to fake this. It really would not be difficult at all. But this was a story that hit uh, December 5th. Video of portal opening in KL Car Park is making waves online. KL, by the way, if you're listening from someplace other than Malaysia, is Kuala Lumpur, our capital city. So in this car park, there are stills here, you can see from the, um, from the video footage. And we have the video. We'll show it to you in a minute. Um, the car pulls in, in the car park, parks, gets out. This guy looks, this portal of light opens up. He walks into it, and the portal closes, 
and he's gone. Now, two things. I'm looking at light reflections and stuff like that. Somebody paid a lot of attention uh, when they, if they created this and it's not real. Now, again, I'm betting that, you know, it's probably not. But they did a damn good job at creating this. It really is. Now, because it's crappy security camera footage, you don't have to do as good a job if it were shot, you know, on 4K or 6K with a highly detailed kind of thing. Secure, the worse the footage, the easier it is to fake some of this stuff. The main reason I'm not buying it is because of the kind of bad acting of the two people in the video. A uh, video of a man mysteriously disappearing from a shopping mall car park in Kuala Lumpur after a ring of sparks materialized out of thin air has been circulating online, and it's less, uh, left a lot of people wondering, is something big coming to town? Apparently, CCTV footage of the incident shows the man and a female companion arriving in the car park, parking in a spot, and that just after they park, this ring appears, circle of light, uh, opening a portal to God knows where. But um, as we scroll down here, I'll say, uh, is this the footage itself? No, this is not the footage. Yeah, maybe it's a sling ring, somebody said. <laughs> okay, here's the actual footage itself. Check this out. And uh, I'll just mute it down. You can't hear the sound anyway. Okay, so here comes the car. And there it goes, parks in the spot. Now watch right about here. There, see that? See that light? Opens up, got a bunch of light coming around. Now the guy gets out of the car. The woman gets out from the passenger side. Guy comes over, he looks, checks it out, points, what's that? Whoop, there we go. The girlfriend's just kind of standing there like, okay, whatever, it's nothing. Now he walks in and zoop, the portal closes. Now she does this weird runoff screen here. And uh, then she runs back in, pulling people with her. And, and this is where some of the bad acting comes in. Yeah, it's uh, just a little cheesy. I, I think whoever did the visual effects did a pretty decent job. It's not bad. I, I'm missing some reflection on the car because if it's as bright as it seems to be, it would likely have been reflected over here. But you got the reflection on the cement ground here. This guy's acting not so hot. He walks over like, you know, like, huh, what's that? Oh, and he points to his girlfriend or his wife, whatever it is. All right. And then who would actually have the chutzpah? Who would have the cojones to do this? He walks in. You and off he goes. And then she does this bad acting thing of going and pulling some people into the shot and letting people know that, yeah, whatever happened, whatever. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, it's fun video. Check it out if you if you get a chance. The link's in the show notes from World of Buzz. And uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. That was our excitement this week on uh, in Malaysia. We had a portal to the past or maybe the future uh, pop open. Very weird. Very weird. Mm, all right. What else we got? Oh, here's a quickie, but a really weird one. I did not know this. You know, in the beginning of every stream for, I think from the beginning, 150, by the way, the, hey, this is our 150th stream. Yes. 
We have done 150 of these bad boys. Imagine that. Hmm. Anyway, at the beginning of all of our shows, we give you the time in different places around the world because we have viewers and listeners to the podcast and the live stream and the video replay all over the U.S., India, the U.K., uh, Sweden, New Zealand, Australia, you name it. We, we've got viewers and listeners everywhere. And thank you so much. We, we love you all. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. And thanks, by the way, a reminder to hit that subscribe button over here if you're on YouTube uh, or, or follow on Facebook because it really does help the algorithms and more people find us. So the more you share these, the more people can jump into the party. Anyway, in the beginning, we do the time in L.A., New York, London, Kyoto, Japan, just because it's my my ultimate dream visit city, which I've never been to, uh, India in Mumbai, and uh, here in Malaysia, which is, you know, ever-changing. But um, I saw this from Guff Facts. It's just a one-picture one thing, but it's the strangest thing, and I had no idea. Is it even true? It must be. Russia has 11 time zones. That's how freaking big Russia is. 11 time zones. At one end of Russia, it could be 8 o'clock in the morning, while at the other end, still in Russia, it's 7 in the evening. Can you imagine? In one part, you say, oh, I, I live in Russia. It might be 8 in the morning where you live, but in Another part of Russia, it's 7 o'clock at night. Like I said, it's just a quick, simple little thing. But when I saw that, I thought, are you kidding me? It's that big? Yeah, it's that big. Russia is actually in 11 different time zones. How freaky is that? All right, I got one more for you, and then we're going to get to a brand new book tonight. It is one of my all-time Favorite, not just Christmas stories, but favorite stories, full stop. It's absolutely brilliant. I hope you're going to love it as much as I do. Uh, and we're just going to begin it tonight, and we'll time it out so it ends just on Christmas, so, or just before. All right, but before we get to that, one more thing, and that is celebrity rudeness. <laughs> I know, Jesse, Jesse Smollett has been in the news this week, being convicted on, what, five out of six counts from his buffalo sandwich hoax. Uh, you notice I'm not talking about that? Yeah. Uh, celebrity, people are talking about the rudest celebrities they ever met. Links in the show notes. We're not going to read them all, but I'll highlight a few of them here. Uh, and you can check them all out if you want to. And this site is weird, too. Some of these are really big, and some of them are really small. I don't know why. Russell Crowe is infamous for his violent outbursts, whether it's throwing a phone at a hotel employee or allegedly threatening Azalea Banks. But he showed his temper in a very public way back in 2015 during an appearance on the Irish talk show The Late Late Show. After host Ryan Tubridi convinced him to give the studio something to tape our toes to, 
Crow joined the band for a rendition of the Johnny Cash song, Folsom Prison Blues. Once he got started, he actually scolded audience members who were trying to clap. He said, quote, if you're going to clap, clap in time. And if you can't clap in time, just shut up, end quote. <laughs> oh, man. I'm telling you, Spike Lee, who apparently is notoriously rude to everybody, uh, admired for his socially conscious films like Do the Right Thing, but he has a tendency to to do anything but the right thing when it comes to public social interactions. He has a reputation for being visibly annoyed with fans, and he's also started feuds with the like of Tyler Perry and Chance, the rapper. Here's one. We all love Chevy Chase. And, you know, Chevy Chase uh, holiday movies are big. Uh, anyway, Chevy Chase apparently has a reputation for being incredibly difficult to work with and possibly racist. There are countless accounts of him being disrespectful to co-workers, so it shouldn't be shocking to hear that he can be rather unpleasant to his fans. Actor-comedian Rob Hubel was a longtime fan when he met Chase at an Upright Citizens Brigade show, and he said he told Chase all about it. How did Chase respond? He slapped Hubel so hard that Hubel saw red. Chase tried to make a joke out of it, saying, Can't you see I'm talking to somebody, kid? But he actually slapped him hard enough the guy saw red for a while. Insane. Bruce Willis. Again, another one who has a semi-Christmas movie that always comes out about this time of year. Yelled at kids for recognizing him. During the 1996 Summer Olympics, Bruce Willis and his then-wife, Demi Moore, visited a California pizza kitchen, uh, kitchen in Lenox Square Mall in Atlanta, Georgia. An employee of the restaurant claim, claims two boys around the age of 10 noticed Bruce Willis, smiled, and pointed at him from a distance. Willis reportedly stood up and yelled at the kids, presumably for interrupting his lunch. Come on, Bruce, huh? How about this? One more, and you can read the rest. The link's in the show notes. Catherine Zeta-Jones demoralizing an eight-year-old. One woman remembers going to an advanced screening of The Mask of Zorro when she was eight years old. At the after-party, she excitedly told star Catherine Zeta-Jones she wanted to be an actress. And that's when things got a little awkward. She turned to me, looked me up and down, and said, You're pretty enough, I suppose. And then went back to her conversation. Ow! Ow! The woman claims, in many ways, I think of that moment as the turning point when I went from feeling at ease in the world to constantly thinking about how everyone was judging me on my appearance. Things we say, especially to kids, matter. Think about what you're about to say before you say it, and especially to a kid. That one little moment from Catherine Zeta-Jones to this 
eight-year-old aspiring actress who kind of looked her over and said, eh, I suppose you're pretty enough, and then went on with whatever she was doing. Affected this woman's life for a long time, and probably always will. You really need to think twice, especially with children, and check your words. Check how you, it, you know, it takes nothing to, to just take a minute, a couple minutes, five minutes, pay a little attention, give someone a compliment. Nah, man. Anyway, it's a whole bunch of stories there from uh, mames.com. Yeah, the link's in the show notes. You can check it out and uh, read about a whole bunch of times when celebrities probably should have kept themselves in check and didn't. All right. Hey, uh, you know what? I forgot to check to see if this is going to work. So let it did. Yes. Thank goodness it worked. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. As you know, when we started this stream, uh, one of the things that I decided to do was to end every show with a classic book. We get most of our books, if not all of them, from the Gutenberg Project, gutenberg.org. Thank you so much to the folks over there. They're all free. They're all in the public domain. And uh, they are all available for download in all kinds of different formats, HTML pages, text files, Word docs, whatever I Apple thing that you guys use. I'm not an Apple guy. Um, also, uh, ebooks are available there. So gutenberg.org is where you'll find all the classic books. It's amazing. We've read tons of them here on our show. And we read a little part of each book as we go through and till we get to the end. And uh, we're going to continue doing that. We just finished Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And we ended it a little early. It's not Christmas yet. So we were trying to think of what we could do to, uh, to get ourselves up through to the Christmas actual Christmas day. And I can't believe I hadn't thought of this before because one of my all-time favorite Christmas stories, and in fact, as I said earlier, one of my all-time stories, full stop, is Truman Capote's A Christmas Memory. It is beyond amazing. It makes me cry. It makes me laugh. It is everything a good short story should be. And we're going to do that for you guys. We're going to read a little bit at a time until we get up to uh, the day, a few days before Christmas. And then we will, uh, we will finish it up. It is called A Christmas Memory. And it is by Truman Capote. It is, the book is written or narrated by an unnamed seven-year-old boy who is referred to as Buddy by his older cousin. A Christmas Memory is about the narrator's relationship with his older, unnamed female cousin, to whom he refers to throughout the story only as my friend. Buddy and his cousin, who is a bit eccentric, childlike, live in a house with other relatives who are authoritarian, very stern, and they also have a, an old dog named Queenie. 
Truman Capote, in his lifetime, wrote amazing work. If you've never read In Cold Blood, do yourself a favor. But I would also recommend this. Uh, you can listen to this. By the way, we cut these up into little short segments of all of our books, and then we upload them to a special uh, page on our YouTube channel. And if you are a member of our Patreon uh, group, you can get access to all of our books laid out in chapters without the whole front of the show or the, you know, all those, just the books. So they're all up there, and we'll put this one up there too uh, once we get through it. So it is time for Truman Capote's A Christmas Carol. Imagine a morning in late November, a coming of winter morning more than 20 years ago. Consider the kitchen of a spreading old house in a country town. A great black stove is its main feature, but there's also a big round table and a fireplace with two rocking chairs placed in front of it. Just today, the fireplace has commenced its seasonal roar. A woman with shorn white hair is standing at the kitchen window. She's wearing tennis shoes and a shapeless gray sweater over a summery calico dress. She's small and sprightly, like a bantam hen. But, due to a long youthful illness, her shoulders are pitifully hunched. Her face is remarkable, not unlike Lincoln's, craggy like that, and tinted by sun and wind. But it's delicate, too, fiercely boned, and her eyes are sherry-colored and timid. Oh, my! she exclaims her breath smoking the window pane. It's fruitcake weather. The person to whom she's speaking is myself. I am seven. She is sixty-something. We are cousins, very distant ones, and we've lived together, well, as long as I can remember. Other people inhabit the house, relatives, although they have power over us and frequently make us cry. We are not, on the whole, too much aware of them. We are each other's best friend. She calls me Buddy, in memory of a boy who was formerly her best friend. The other Buddy died in the 1880s, when she was still a child. She is still a child. I knew it before I got out of bed, she says, turning away from the window with a purposeful excitement in her eyes. The courthouse bell sounded so cold and clear, and there were no birds singing. They've gone to warmer country. Yes, indeed. Oh, buddy, stop stuffing biscuits and fetch our buggy. Help me find my hat. We've got 30 cakes to bake. It was always the same. A morning arrives in November, and my friend, as though officially inaugurating the Christmas time of year, that exhilarates her imagination and fuels the blaze of her heart, announces, It's fruitcake weather. Fetch our buggy. Help me find my hat. The hat is found, 
A straw cartwheel corsaged with velvet roses out of doors has faded. It once belonged to a more fashionable relative. Together we guide our buggy, a dilapidated baby carriage, out to the garden and into a grove of pecan trees. The buggy is mine. Well, that is, it was bought for me when I was born. It's made of wicker, rather unraveled, and the wheels wobble like a drunkard's legs. But it is a faithful object. Springtimes we take it to the woods and fill it with flowers, herbs, wild fern for our porch pots. In the summer we pile it with picnic paraphernalia, sugar cane fishing poles, and roll it down to the edge of a creek. It has its winter uses, too as a truck for hauling firewood from the yard to the kitchen, as a warm bed for Queenie, our tough little orange-and-white rat terrier, who has survived distemper and two rattlesnake bites. Queenie is trotting beside it now. Three hours later, we're back in the kitchen, hauling a heaping buggy load of windfall pecans. Our backs hurt from gathering them. How hard they were to find. The main crop having been shaken off the trees and sold by the orchard's owners, who are not us. Among the concealing leaves, the frosted, deceiving grass, crackle, a cheery crunch. Scraps of miniature thunder sound as the shells collapse, and the golden mound of sweet, Oily, ivory meat mounds in the milk-glass bowl. Queenie begs to taste, and now and then my friend sneaks her up might, though insisting we deprive ourselves. Oh, we mustn't, buddy. If we start, we won't stop. And there's scarcely enough as it is for thirty cakes. The kitchen is growing dark. Dusk turns the window into a mirror. Our reflections mingle with the rising moon as we work by the fireside in the firelight. At last, when the moon is quite high, we toss the final hull into the fire and with joined sighs watch it catch flame. The buggy is empty and the bowl is brimful. They're going to be quick ones. It's a short story, so we're going to divide it up into little bits. And that's your little bit for tonight. The amazing Truman Capote and the incredible story, A Christmas Memory. Wow. You're going to love it. I highly suggest you go to our Patreon page and sign up to get access so you can listen to the whole book when we're done as a single read. It's very cool. All right, guys. Uh, we're done. That's it. We're out of here. It's a Saturday night. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I know I will. I might get up early tomorrow morning and go with Miko to the beach. We'll see. I'll let you know Monday, all right? All right. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for your likes, subscribes, follows. Appreciate it all. Again, patreon.com slash jsheldon if you would like to help to support the show. 
I will see you Monday. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Good night.